This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get out your Bibles and let's get started. There's a story about a high school teacher who had a class of students and, you know, he's like the English teacher or something, and he contracted with each of the students, according to the course syllabus, what they needed to do, each one needed to do to earn an A, to earn a B, to earn a C, or less. And he had the assignments written out and typed and in the syllabus. And the A students had to do 15 homework assignments, take five quizzes, two exams, and write two term papers. There were at least a minimum of five pages each with a bibliography and footnotes and all of that. And of course, as you might imagine, the requirements for a B or a C or a D or not decreased as it went down. So now there was this one student named Julianne who was just gung-ho for English. And she relished the assignments. She did all the homework, turned it in on time. She took the quizzes, passed the test with flying colors. And she even wrote papers that were seven, eight, nine pages long with full footnotes, bibliography, cover sheet, and the whole nine yards. When the time came for the grades to be handed out, there was another student in the class named Scott. And Julianne went forward and she got her A. And she was just so pleased, you know, because she had done all the work and all this. But when it became Scott's turn to come up, he got an A too. And Julianne saw that and said, that's, what do you think? Not fair. And so the teacher said, well, you did what you needed to do. You did what you contracted for. You agreed to do this much work to get an A, and you got your A. So be on your way. And the other thing is, though, is that if I want to show mercy to the other students, like Scott, that's my business. And if I want to be merciful, what, what's wrong with that? This story is also a parable because I made it up on the spot. But what do you think would happen in the case of the vineyard owner and the English class if both of those had done those things for real? And if it wasn't just a parable of Jesus, but what if in terms of labor relations, what would happen to the vineyard and the workers if the vineyard owner did that every time? What do you think? That's it. People would stop working. You'd get people coming about the 11th hour, which is roughly 5 o'clock in the evening, and they would think they were going to get the denarius, which was a day's wage. And in the case of our hypothetical classroom situation, the students wouldn't do diddly knowing that they would probably get an A anyway. In this parable of Jesus, who is the landowner? Jesus, okay. Who are the workers? That's us. The marketplace 
was in the town center, and it was where the workers went to get hired. It's sort of like the zip recruiter of the biblical era. You know, it's where they went to find jobs. And the guys that were just standing there weren't standing there to waste time. They were there looking for the vineyard owners and the farmers and the field owners and all this to come into the square and look for workers. And so they were there to get a job. Now, the first ones came, and this was about six o'clock in the morning because it was early, it was early. It was when the sun was peeking over the horizon, etc. And he found those guys standing there and he sent them into the vineyard and he said, I'll pay you a denarius. And by the way, a denarius was about a day's wage. And so he sent them into the fields. Now, he went there again about nine o'clock in the morning and he found some more guys and he sent them in the fields. But with these, he said, whatever is right, I will give you. And then he went at noon. That means apparently his grape harvest was abundant because he needed more people to do it. And he said to them, whatever I give you, it'll be the right thing. And then again, he went at three o'clock in the afternoon and then he found those guys at five and they were still waiting there because apparently they had not had anybody come and offer them a job. So he sent them into the vineyard. But when they came, and this is the parallel to the other story, he paid the guys that had been there since five and only worked for an hour. He paid them the day's wage. Now, Jesus is telling this story and he's got these guys who had been working since six o'clock in the morning and he heard that the guys that had been hired at five, they got a denarius. So they were thinking, yeah, well, I'm gonna, we're going to get paid more because we worked longer. But no, when they all came up there, they got the money. Now, there's three interesting details about this story. Well, that's more than that, actually. But this employer doesn't send a representative. He goes to the marketplace himself, which it was the biblical practice at that time to send a, a steward or a hired hand to go pick up those guys and send them out to work. Second, all of them got the same wage, and that was not the practice. Usually when they were hired later in the day, they got a portion of that denarius, and I'm not sure of how the coinage in that time broke down, but they got less than a denarius if they worked less time. But this vineyard owner gave them all the same thing. And now the landowner goes and says to the first group, are you angry because I am generous? And obviously they were. But you see, this parable is not a lesson in labor relations. This parable is an illustration of salvation. And what it shows us is that salvation is the Lord's doing. And what it means is there's abundant mercy for anyone who comes to the Lord on the last hour of the last day of their life. 
And if they come to Jesus, they will be in heaven with the people who've been laboring for Jesus for 40, 50, 60 years. And what that means is, and those people who've been, who went to heaven first will rejoice that those people who were last were still coming to heaven. Why? Because they'd be grateful that those folks got to heaven. So what we have to look at to understand this parable fully is the stuff that went on in chapter 19. What we see in chapter 19, the rich young ruler who comes and he says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this guy thinks he's got it figured out because when Jesus asked him about the commandments, he said, oh yeah, I've done all that stuff since I was a kid. And Jesus says, well, there's one thing you're missing. And it was because his heart wasn't right. His heart was focused on his stuff and not on the kingdom. So Jesus goes on to say, it's going to be easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than it will be for the rich. And so then the disciples pipe up and say, well, who can be saved? And Jesus tells them with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Now he gets down at the end of chapter 19. Jesus said, many who are first will be last and the last first. And look at verse 16 in our parable. So the last will be first and the first last. And so isn't this the illustration that Jesus gave us in the parable? The last were kind of first. They got the same wage. So don't despair about your salvation or worry about whether or not you've done enough good to get into heaven. Trust me, you can't. There's not enough good deeds we can do to work our way into heaven. But then Jesus adds as a tagline in the end of verse 16 in chapter 20, for many are called, but few are chosen. What this means is that the call to heaven goes out to everybody, but only a few answer it. So Jesus here through this entire episode of chapter 19 and 20, he's trying to dispel the idea that we can earn heaven. Because those guys in the parable who had been working since six o'clock in the morning, they thought they had done way more work and they were deserving of a greater reward because they had worked for the full day and they bore the brunt of the heat of the day and they worked and they sweat and they came and they got the same reward. So they thought they could earn more merit because they had worked more. But Jesus says, ah, uh -uh. salvation is because of the mercy and grace of the Lord. It is purely and solely and completely at the discretion of Jesus on who gets in. And the reason or the way you get in is by what? Trusting in Jesus alone for your salvation. Because I know, I mean, 
you go to any number of churches and ask them, what do you have to do to get to heaven? And a lot of them will say, well, you got to live a clean life and do a lot of good deeds. Uh, no, that's not what the scriptures say. The scriptures tell us by faith in Christ alone. And we have been conditioned to believe that that's too good to be true because we're taught from the time we're, you know, knee high to a grasshopper to the time we are go down into the bottom side of the ground that whatever you get in life, you have to work for it. You have to work really hard. You have to earn your living by the sweat of your brow because we go back to the Lord's words to Adam back in Genesis chapter 3. You're going to have to bust your chops, let's say, to get into heaven. And no, thank God for that. And thank God, let's thank God today that he's not fair. And you say, what? See, fairness means you get in proportion to your good deeds or whatever you deserve. So it's mercy. It's mercy. And Jesus wants us to know you don't have to earn your way because if, you, if that was the condition, we would never know how much we had done. We wouldn't know if we had done enough. So thank God. It's mercy. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.